Let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. It's MRES. It's uh, Mercury Real Estate, realestateagentsitrust.com. We call it in, in the building MRES because it's my company, and my company is Mercury Studios, Mercury Radio Arts, and uh, Mercury Real Estate. And this is something that we created that is a free service to you. It doesn't cost you anything um, to get a great real estate agent to either help you buy or sell your house. And right now, whew. Selling your house might be difficult. You have to get the uh, you have to have somebody who knows how to handle multiple offers. But buying a house is also going to be very, very difficult. You need somebody who really knows the value of your home, knows exactly what they're doing and can get the uh, best deal for you. I want you to call real estate agents. I dot com. Just go there now. Tell us what you're looking for, where you live. We have a real estate agent in your area that we trust. We will let you know right away. I mean, the response time is within minutes, usually. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. America, you know, we always start with something that is like, oh, geez, I didn't want to know that. Can we start today with some real good news and some deeper questions on the news? We'll do that in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about mowing your lawn. If you mow your lawn and you spend a couple of hours a week, uh, don't uh, don't do it anymore. Just don't do it anymore. If you're looking for a new lawnmower, make sure you look at Hustler Turf. It'll cut the time of your lawn mowing in half. It's a zero-turn lawnmower uh, built by the people who created the first zero-turn lawnmower. They perfected it back in the 1960s, and they've been doing you know, uh, baseball uh, fields and football fields and the sides of the highway. These are these huge machines that you see out there that run forever and ever and ever, and they're built to last because they should run about eight hours every day. Well, they've decided to make a smaller, you know, more economical version for the home, and they want you to look at it. And it is a great, great lawnmower. Again, cut the time in half. Now, you can go out to your Home Depot and buy any lawnmower. You can even buy a zero-turn lawnmower. But before you do, please find a Hustler Turf dealer near you and test drive one. There is nothing like a zero, uh, a zero turn lawnmower from Hustler Turf. Go to hustlerturf.com. That's hustlerturf.com. Welcome to uh, Stu, Stu Bergier, our executive producer and uh, cohort uh, on the program every day. 60 Minutes just did an interview, Stu, with uh, Attorney General Keith Ellison. And they discussed the guilty verdict on Chauvin and uh, he was asked did, did, did you have any reason to believe did the prosecution have any evidence that race was a factor 
No. <laughs> Not any. This is, this is from a guy who would love to say, yes, crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. When, he, when you first heard the word guilty, you thought what? Ellison said gratitude, humility, followed by a certain sense of, I'll say, satisfaction. It's what we were aiming for the whole time. Spent 16 years as a criminal defense lawyer, so I'll admit I felt a little bad for the defendant. I think he deserved to be convicted, but he is a human being. Hmm? Wait, what? What? He's not... They had no evidence that this was a race killing. So what are we doing? Why are we tearing our country apart? This is one guy making a bad mistake and, you know, committing a felony on another guy. That's what this is. This is two Americans. One died. One is in jail. That's all this is. Two Americans. It's not white and black. Why are we? Why is this such a big case if they had zero evidence that it was race-based. Yeah, of course, they had none. They never had any. And, no. you know, it, again, demeans the life of the people who get lost in these situations because it, instead of recognizing each individual as having value, we only see people as members of larger groups. And I, that is a problem. It's a collectivist problem. It is the same problem we've been facing for a very long time in this country. And, you know, like I was listening to a report this morning and I and I guess Merrick Garland is going to be uh, investigating the Louisville police uh, for uh, their practices. And that's where Breonna Taylor, the Breonna Taylor case uh, went. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they interviewed someone. They're like, and she's like crying and she's sobbing. And she's saying, I just think of Breonna Taylor because, you know, I, I'm 26 years old and she, and she was 26 when she died. And it's like. I'm sorry. Is this about you? I, I don't understand. I, I thought this was about Brianna Taylor because it, should we be saying her name or your name? Which name should we be saying? I, I don't. Well, like, so let me let you, me finish what what well, Ellison said because it's yeah. exactly the same point. Yeah. It's exactly the same point. In our society, there's a social norm that killing certain kinds of people is more tolerable than other kinds of people. In order for us to stop and pay serious attention to this case and be outraged by it, it's not necessary that Derek Chauvin had a specific racial intent to harm George Floyd. Well, first of all, I don't buy into that premise. I don't think it's any more acceptable to kill a black person than it is a white person. Of course not. I, I mean, I, you know, I, that's why I have a problem with abortion. I don't think there's any difference between killing a born baby and a baby just about to be born. There's no difference. There's no difference. And I don't care uh, what the color is. Why would why if we were racist, why would conservatives be so upset about abortion clinics? The vast majority are black babies. So why would we care? Because we don't see race we see life and that is that is an important difference he said um the fact is that we know that through housing patterns through employment through wealth through a whole range of other things so often people of color black people end up with harsh treatment from law enforcement and other folks doing exact same thing don't if an officer doesn't throw a white neurologist uh to the ground and he doesn't sit on top of his neck Is he doing it because this is a fellow white brother? No, he's doing it because he thinks this is an important person. And if I treat them badly, somebody's going to ask me about this. This person probably has lawyers. No, that is not why. Please don't please don't want to assault everyone and just do it to people they think don't have lawyers. That is that is an incomprehensibly stupid read of the situation. But here again, here is the, the, the point that you were making. 
is this about something else? Because this is not about this stopped being about Derek, uh, Derek Chauvin and his racism. The minute they said there was no motivation on race. Right. None. It's not None. about that. No. Uh, you know, and it's 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 so it's just this odd thing of of trying to make everyone a member of a group instead of an individual. I mean, if a if a if a if a mailman murders a family, right somewhere, a, a white family in the suburbs. Do you ever watch that story and go, "Oh my God, I also have a mailman. That could have been me." I never think like that. I don't look and say, oh my gosh, another white person had something happen to them. Therefore, I also could have been the victim of that crime. That is a I weird do think that. way I, to think about that. I do think that way on um, teenagers or young kids getting you know, stopped or killed by the police. I do think about it, but not because they're white or black, just because I want to make sure my kids understand, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that right but again when the police are telling you to do something you do that not what that person just did because that will happen to you Mm -hmm. yeah there was a uh, there was a thing that happened with uh, an nba nba player and they were asked like uh how does it feel you're this big nba superstar and and uh, you could be shot at any time because you're black and it's like well you know he could be shot anytime if he runs from the police or like tries mm-hmm. to stab a woman like yeah mm-hmm. he has just a good, as good a chance of being shot as any other person if he starts doing those things you know I, I can I, I'll be honest you. with you in his gated community probably not going to get shot and I understand what Allison is saying and that like there are certain areas of of the country that crime is much less uh, lesser of a problem so that officers that work in those communities probably do feel less threatened going into them doesn't it has nothing to do with color it has to do with crime rates right if you if you're seeing you know if gunshots are buzzing by your police car every every hour you're going to be a lot more on edge in those communities um and that has nothing to do with the color of people's skin in those communities it has to do with the rates of crime and how many people get shot and killed and how many times they have to go out to see a violent crime in action that's sensible. I mean, it's sensible. They're going to be I more think, on edge there. I live in a good neighborhood, and I believe that, and I wish we could do a test on this, but you can't. Uh, I believe if we did a reenactment of, you know, my kid out about to stab somebody else while somebody else is kicking a girl in the head right on my front lawn, I would bet you if the police came at the same time, I bet you they would shoot my son. And they should. If he was the one that had the knife and said, I'm going to kill you, and they should. Mm -hmm. But I absolutely believe they would have done that to my son. And you'd still be devastated over it, but that wouldn't mean anything. Devastated, but they'd be justified. I would look at that and go, you are stupid son of a... To him, not to the cops. Right. I mean, it's... And that's not to say none of these things ever occur. Of course they do. But it's about the larger narrative of of trying to... I mean, you know, it would be... You look at some of the uh, of the of the way you know the, the different things the media says, and they paint a picture that if you are African American, you are going to get shot by police. It's basically going to happen. You know, I mean, I wouldn't. That's why people guess thousands and tens of thousands shot every year uh, by police because it, that's what it feels like. The priority given by the media is so high, and it's so low for white people who get shot by police. That people don't even know that white people get shot by police. They they don't know that more white people get shot by police than black people in this country. 
Let me uh, let me change subjects because I've got a couple of good news uh, things to get to. And I, yes, I am buttering you up for for something bad. But uh, uh, let me just give you a couple of good news things. New poll out. This is from the Harvard Kennedy School Institute of Politics. And it was how do people under four, uh, under 24 look at institutions? What do you trust? What do you not trust? 16 options were listed. A low of just 19% of respondents say they trusted Facebook all or most of the time. 19%. 79% of those polled said they trusted the social media company some of the time or never. 79%. That's good news. Those who took the survey said they felt the same way about Twitter, with just 21% saying they trust it to do the right thing most of the time. Only Wall Street... And the media scored in a comparable range. That's phenomenal. A total of 20% of those polls say they trusted Wall Street to do the right thing all or most of the time, while 22 said the same thing about the media. Only 19% of the people surveyed said they trusted Facebook all or most of the time. Now, more than half of those polled, or 58% of them, said they trusted their college or university administration to do the right thing all or most of the time. So that's bad news. But listen to this. 49% answered the same about the U.S. military. 47% about the Supreme Court. 45% about the United Nations. 45% about the police. So... You've got 19 and 21% for Facebook and Twitter. You have 45% of the youth now tr- now trusting the police. 42% local government. 39% about Google. I don't know how those people get away with it. 38% about uh, the president. 32% with the federal government. So the federal government is trusted less than your local police. of young Americans say they trusted the police to do the right thing. So that's good news. And one other thing. I'm completely convinced, and uh, there's a great segment with um, uh, the podcast last week where I am uh, talking to a guy who is a farmer. And uh, he's actually a historian, but I just want to paint him as a farmer for a second. And right before we went on, um, one of the producers said, what's the noise in the background? And he said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm disking today. And I don't know if anybody in the control room on either end knew what disking was, but I did. And I said to him towards the end of the interview, I said, I, I like hearing from a guy who even knows what disking is, but is actually doing it or having somebody do it right there on their property. And he said, well, yeah, I'm a farmer. And disking, do you know what it is, Stu? Do you know what disking is? Yeah, it's a soil preparation practice that usually follows the plowing, whether it was a <laughs> deep or shallow soil tillage. That's how, that's how I usually describe <laughs> it to my friends. That's how you describe it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. You know. All right. You were looking it up. <laughs> yes. So disking is just those, those round blades that kind of go in, and it just turns the soil up, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And you do it just to prepare the soil for planting and everything else. And uh, uh, we started talking about how... America lost something when we detached from the farmer. When you, when you are living in the center of the country and you have anything at all to do with farming, 
you don't your kids don't have to have sex education they see it and when they're young they're like why is that cow on top of another cow uh you you see the circle of life you know how to deal with life with birth with death uh all these things that are just deeply rooted and you you also learn basic kindness and responsibility not only for yourself uh but for your neighbor and most importantly you learn gratitude because life is not fair and you know we don't have a problem with this when you're a farmer farmers aren't they're not like i want reparations because there was too much rain or not enough rain or or i did absolutely everything right and then there was really a bad windstorm or hail on the last day no there's no reparations you did everything you could and it still failed so you have gratitude when it doesn't fail and you're not looking to blame someone when it does that's what we've lost well let me give you another piece of good news here i think this is i mean if it lasts if it lasts millennials are leading a rural revitalization according to tractor supply the tractor supply ceo has said their stock is way up they said they're seeing people come in now the core customer they are they are gaining uh, core customers now the new customer is the millennial customer we're seeing a revitalization of rural led by millennials uh they are coming into the housing market and for the first time in i don't even know how long 25 to 40 year olds are coming in and they are buying chickens they're buying tractors uh they're uh they're gardening and they're into self-reliance this is a really good thing when 25 year olds now again I, I think they think you know it's just you know it's a farm we just plant it and it grows I mean, it, let's check in a year from now or maybe two years from now it is the hardest work you've ever done in your life but it is really worth it but that's good news if we can get people to get rooted back into the soil um people's common sense just kinds to just just happens to reappear for some reason or another that's why all of the counties that are farming counties in california generally are conservative counties because you just think differently when you've actually had to grow your own food or grow anything including animals you just start to have a little more common sense all righty let me tell you about car shield when your car breaks down and it's not a you know it's not an if it's a when especially you know after your warranty expires your car's gonna break down come on come on it's going to you know it and i know it uh it's almost a guarantee oh the warranty's expired the chip's like oh it's uh, that means it's our time we can quit now that's what they told as soon as the warranty <laughs> goes out we can we can stop working uh and then you're sitting there with a car you can't fix because you can't you know you can't go to pep boys and and even diagnose what's wrong with your car let alone fix it and some of those chips are thousands of dollars a piece so you need to take this worry off of your plate and get car shield car shield cars go further because they're fixed and the people don't have to worry about those really expensive uh, uh repairs to their car or their truck 
if you don't want to worry about things, if you want to make sure you have a rental car, if yours breaks down 24 seven roadside assistance and everything's going to be fixed and you don't have to worry about it. I want you to go to carshield.com and look at their coverage. Carshield.com. Use the promo code Beck and you're going to save 10%. It's carshield.com. Promo code Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. So maybe it's that I think so much like a fiction writer uh, to understand the world that this one freaks me out. Stu, I read a. uh, I read a story today from the Post. Ocasio-Cortez said she likely won't be able to attend President Biden's first address to Congress because covid safety restrictions uh, are in place in the House chamber. And she's not going to be able to go. Yeah. (laughs) During a virtual town hall meeting, she said this. uh, Apparently, senior members get first dibs into the chamber for Wednesday night speech. That's tomorrow. Uh, She said, but they're very strict COVID provisions. So the house uh, that the house had to put in place. So she's not going to be able to enter the chamber for the joint address. Um it's just senior members. Only about 200 senior leadership members will be in attendance. So, <laughs> dare I say, dare I even, I mean, do I need to even say, this is, uh, please pray for everybody's security. Please play, pray for everybody's security. Um, this is just, I don't know. Well, I don't like it. Uh, you don't like that they're not letting everybody in? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, especially because they've all been, probably all been vaccinated. I don't know uh, AOC's stance on vaccines, but uh, uh, they've probably all been vaccinated. I don't know why they wouldn't just open it up at this point. Because they're sending a message. Yeah. Or just like he's they wearing a mask a on a Zoom call, right? Uh, yes. I guess that's that's, the- uh, that's what the White House said yesterday. He's sending a message to the world. What? That we're dummies? But it seems like this is being used to say, like, oh, AOC doesn't really want to go, and, and she she's not happy with... It. She should be thrilled with this administration. She's basically running the country right now. I mean, he... I think she is thrilled with this administration. Yeah. She said he's better than they ever expected. Yep. <laughs> that's AOC. That's, that's not a good thing. No. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you've been involved with a timeshare in any way, you probably know they're not all created equally. Uh, some are good. Some are bad. Most of them actually are bad. Getting out of them seems like, you know, an attractive idea. Oh, once the newness wears off and you're like, why am I still? I don't ever use this. And uh, why do we still have it again? Because even with COVID, we haven't even been allowed to use it. What does it mean? Well, to get out of it. Uh, requires a real sophisticated legal team. There is a legal way to get out of uh, timeshare and get this monkey off of your back, but you have to have a legal team that is devoted specifically to timeshare law. Well, that is exactly what the timeshare termination team is. They are a bunch of attorneys that this is all they do. Timeshare termination team. They're here to take care of the situation you're stuck in. Uh, and they have a 20% discount right now if you terminate your timeshare and use my name, Glenn Beck. Just tell them that I sent you. Visit 888-GET-YOU-OUT, 888-GET-YOU-OUT, 
or go to timeshareterminationteam.com. 100% money-back guarantee. Timeshareterminationteam.com. And go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're very, very excited. It's 2021. We have the big special that's happening tomorrow night. We're going to cover the president's uh, joint session of Congress speech live tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. Become a member of The Blaze uh, and uh, join us for our live coverage. It's uh, 9 p.m. tomorrow, right? 9 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Uh, we're going to do a speech, and then we've got everybody and anybody uh, coming on to talk about uh, the reaction. Stu and I will be uh, hosting it. You don't want to miss it tomorrow, 9 p.m., Blaze TV. And I, I'm also very excited because there's another big thing happening in California. Gavin Newsom looks like they've counted all of the uh, recall signatures, and the recall is on, which means some glass ceilings uh, can be shattered. Uh, because Caitlyn Jenner is going to be running uh, for governor. And if she were to win, that would make her, of course, Stu, the first first female governor of California. Female governor. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. She'd also be the first trans governor. Oh, would she? Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I care about those things. Mm, not at all. No, I mean, really, not at all. Really? When it comes to governor. Yeah, I don't really care. Mm. Don't care. I- I know right, there's people out there, uh, David Duke, uh, Richard mm-hmm. Spencer, Ibram Kendi, Robin D'Angelo. Uh, yeah. People like that yeah. care, I know. about They care his, a lot. About all the, the, the immutable characteristics of the governors mm-hmm. uh, in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that very tight-knit group of identitarians, I, I, you know, <laughs> I don't yeah, think I people think care. you'd put us into the category of you know, people that say, it, would she be a good governor? Um, you know, and that I don't really even care about because, you know, we live in Texas. So, <laughs> I mean, we've written California off a long, long time ago. This will be interesting. Would she be, yeah. would she be a good governor? I mean, I have absolutely no idea what her policies would be or, or anything. Else. I know she'd be better than Gavin Newsom. Yes. Which that is almost impossible. Yeah. We, we actually made up these mugs. Uh, anyone else for governor? And it looks like a political <laughs> slogan. And it just says oh, anyone right. else because there's a lot yeah. of people with crappy governors. There's something in California that's going to go on where we're really going to test that thesis. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if California. Do you really mean anyone else? <laughs> anyone else? It's very true. Uh, it's it's got to be conflicting for the left. I mean, can they oppose a trans governor? Can they oppose well, a, I a know female governor? We couldn't. Mm. Can we they oppose couldn't. a Kardashian it would just be our hatred. Is that possible? Are you allowed to oppose a Kardashian? <laughs> Never. I don't. I, don't, I know. don't know. Have you seen what people have been saying uh, online about this? Trans activists. Trans activists see no value in Caitlyn Jenner. Let me give you some uh, tweets from uh, Equality California. Ooh. Quote, make no mistake. We can't wait to elect a trans governor of California, but Caitlyn Jenner spent years telling the LGBTQ plus community to trust Donald Trump. We saw how that worked out. Yeah, actually, pretty well. Uh, now she wants us to trust her. Hard pass. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold it. We're supposed to care. We're supposed to think you care about the policies of the individual. When did that happen? 
stop recall after Trump banned transgendered troops from serving in the military, attacked transgendered students. I don't remember that. Even tried to allow homeless shelters to turn away trans women. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner still hired his former inner circle to run her campaign. Californians and trans Californians in particular understand all too well the risk of electing another reality TV star who cares more about fame and money than civil rights, health care and the safety of our communities. We can't let that happen. Governor Gavin Newsom is a pro equality champion who has spent his career fighting for LGBTQ plus civil rights and social justice. He's been there for us time and time again. It's now our turn to be there for him. Stop uh, the recall. Yeah, this is uniform uh, okay. uh, from uh, not only activist groups, but the media. Uh, Esquire mm. uh, had a headline. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner's campaign provides cover for the GOP's hateful anti-trans legislation. So it was Well, you know, there is there there is Mal- Alyssa Milano, mm. too. I mean, don't leave her out. Mm. Don't leave her out. Uh yeah, with all due respect, Caitlin, you're running as a Republican. Republicans deny your existence and are trying to erase trans youth. Hell no. Mm, you love that. Uh, oh, the yeah. son of anarchy himself, Ron Perlman. Well done, Caitlin Jenner. Running for governor wins you the one medal you never got. Stupidest mf on earth. <laughs> what a great... <laughs> it's wow. Cause, so cause, funny. Bruce Jenner won medals. That's why. Yeah. You see why how he tied that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Running yeah. as a Trump yeah. Republican and entering that world, entering a world that hates you. Really, we're the hateful ones, uh, apparently. Here, Glenn. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's skip all the rest of these because we all know they're just they're nothing but hypocrites. They don't actually care about anything, right? Glad you think they care about glass ceilings, Stu. Uh, I don't think they care about glass uh, ceilings no. at all. Um, they they first don't. trans. First trans governor, you think they care about that? No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, so. look, if it's it's an odd thing because they keep asking us to buy into this narrative where everyone hates these minority groups like trans people. And their pitch is basically Democrats are good people and Republicans are bad people and Republicans are the haters here. So if Caitlyn Jenner did, let's say, run for governor and win, right, as a Republican... Wouldn't that go a long way to advance what your goal supposedly is? Like, if you really believe Republicans hate trans people and what you want for society is to have trans people accepted more broadly, what better way to accomplish that than having a Republican trans candidate? But you just said the key words. If you really believe, they don't really believe. I don't think they even really believe that Republicans hate gay people. Right. I I don't think they actually believe that. That's just a slogan Mm -hmm. that's been drilled into their head. If you actually told them, can you defend that? I don't think they could even defend that. No, I mean, look at Richard Grinnell, you know, who was in the Trump administration. When when they say Pete Buttigieg is the first cabinet person who is gay, uh, They're erasing a gay man. Yeah, they look at the rage that comes from the right. You're erasing Richard Grinnell, who did a great job, and we love Richard Grinnell, right? Like, there's not a. This is a. uh, It's the same thing. They do the same thing, you know, with race and and gender, and a lot of this is because none of this is actually real. This isn't. It doesn't have. It doesn't have anything to do with race or gender or really anything else. It has everything to do with politics. That's it. And like, I gotta say, Glenn, like with the Caitlyn Jenner thing, this is sort of the way this is supposed to work right like yes. they should be opposing caitlin jenner because at least uh, she's talked about 
wants lower taxes and lower regulation. They should be opposing her because she doesn't agree with her policies, right? So if you think those policies are bad, that's a good reason to oppose the person. It doesn't mean you hate all trans people, but they have the benefit of the doubt on that, and we don't for some reason. Whenever mm-hmm. we oppose someone, if we oppose Barack Obama, it's because he's black, not because he wants higher taxes, because he wants more regulation, because he wants because us to he's take- a Marxist. Right. <laughs> it's like we oppose, can't be that. We oppose Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, and Barack Obama equally, despite the fact they're from all different groups. There's white people in there. There's women in there. There's black people in there. There's men in there. And we oppose all of them because the reason the opposition is there is because we don't like what they want to do to the country. It's got nothing to do with the color of their skin. It's got nothing to do with their gender. And like in some ways, the Caitlyn Jenner thing is a model for what should happen. Democrats should oppose her because Gavin Newsom is much more of a socialist than she is. Right. Right. And they should celebrate. Wait, wait, wait. Republicans are not as hateful as I thought. They they would support Caitlyn Jenner. I don't know if she would win, but they would support her. Yeah, if she's a good candidate, if she's the right candidate, why not? Why not? Now, if she's a crazy reality star, no. But, I mean, why why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we if she was the best candidate? That's, that's the problem here. Mm-hmm. We don't get afforded that opportunity at all. Ever. No, and we should. We should. You know, if we think their views suck, we can say so without being called a racist or a homophobe or a transphobe or a phobe phobe. Do we ever get afforded that opportunity? As of right now, the answer to that is no. No. And I, I you know, you've, 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 you've influenced me, Glenn, on this. I want you to know that. Have I? Yes, over the really? years. Yes. Because oh my you, gosh. Well, well I'm, I kind of like wax on, wax off. You're yeah. like the, the karate kid and I'm the... Okay, You're right. sort of the Miyagi in this situation. I, okay, all right. And Tell me about it. You had a, a piece of, of, uh, of information and, and knowledge and wisdom on mm-hmm. race and the differences between people that I, I think of often, mm-hmm. which is, you? you know, why would you hate people because of their skin color <laughs> or right. their sexual why? orientation why? or their gender? Exactly. When you can, of They're, course, get to know them. Right, and then and hate them for real legitimate reasons. Right, I yes. mean, there's, there's legitimate <laughs> reasons to hate people. Yes. Those are not. Just take the time. I know you're lazy. You're like, I got a lot to do. Why can't I just hate them for color? Because no. it's so much better when you hate them for a legitimate reason. Oh, it's so much more you know? visceral and real. Yeah. You know, you could. <laughs> God, that person's just really, really annoying. Outside of right. their skin color, none of that has right. anything to do with this. We just Did hate you them know for their th- character. Did you know this about them? And then when you find <laughs> that out, you're like, oh, man, I hate them even more. Right. See, you didn't actually hate them before. No. You got to get to know somebody <laughs> to really hate them. <laughs> Our uh, sponsor this half hour is Legacy Box. All right, Mother's Day is closing in on us fast. Let me tell you a little bit about Legacy Box and something that happened recently. We were up at my uh, my mother-in-law's house, and we just lost my brother-in-law to um, tragedy. And uh, we were all going through the pictures. And these pictures were so faded and they were almost gone everything from the 70s almost gone they're just turning into like a sepia blank sheet 
And I looked at Tanya and I said, we have got to get these into Legacy Box because they're going to they're gonna be gone. All of these things are going to be gone. All these color pictures, a lot of the black and whites, they don't last. They'll be gone in another 20 years. So what are you going to do? Well, we're sending up Legacy Box to my uh, mother, and it's Mother's Day. And I think this is a great Mother's Day. You want to get her something great? Get her a legacy box, something she's not going to see coming, something that is out of the norm. She can sit down. She can look at all the memories. She puts them in the box, uh, all the videotapes, the camcorder tapes, the film reels, the stuff. I mean, I don't even know what format some of this stuff is. You just put it in uh, to the box, and all of those memories are going to be preserved, and you'll have a great time watching them with your mom uh, and, and also preserve them for coming generations. They'll come, all of this stuff comes back to you. The old media is there, but it's no longer trapped. You put them on a modern digital format, Legacy Box. Please try Legacy Box. It makes a great Mother's Day gift. For a limited time, Legacy Box is running a 50% off Mother's Day special. Order your Legacy Box today. Take advantage of this incredible offer. It's one of the best discounts they've ever had. Legacy Box, perfect for you or someone you love. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Beck and save 50% while the supplies last. That's LegacyBox.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? No, it's Tuesday. Tomorrow is Wednesday, and the president is giving his speech tomorrow night, which, I mean, I don't know what he's going to say. What is he going to say, Stu? Because usually these are about uh, asking people for, you know, big programs, telling the American people, hey, it's a big program, but well, why is he telling us about it? There's a scene in a lot of movies, and I think he's going to kind of do a similar thing. Um, you know when, like, there's someone who's at a bank, uh, like a teller, and someone comes in and says, give me all your money? Um, I think it's going to be a, a version of that speech. A version of yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I mean, really, it's not the American people that are going to pay for all of this. I mean, they could, I guess he could do something where he could talk to our children and our grandchildren. Um, but really, I mean, why not just have a meeting with the Fed? Hey, I just well, I want to make my case here that you should print even more money. He's already proposed and has put through in legislation. There's already $10 trillion that is in play right now. In his first 100 days, $10 trillion. Now, remember when we were talking about, oh, gosh, what was it? Some big thing. It wasn't the Green New Deal, but it was like the Green New Deal. And we were like... That would cost $10 trillion. And it was like, that's crazy. <laughs> He's just spent $10 trillion on, on I don't even know what. What? In his first 100 days, what have we spent it on? It's really incredible. Do you know? Well, I mean, we went through the first bill, which had very little to do with, I mean, it had a little bit of money in there for COVID. A little bit of money going to the, back ch- to the people, but that was about it. Do you know how you could change the world with $10 trillion? Do you think anything that he has proposed will change anything? You'll be able to walk out uh, with an exception of destruction of souls and people and work ethics and everything else. Do you think we would be able to stand back at any point and say to our children, that is because we spent that money? Like our our parents and grandparents could go back and say, we all came together for the space program, and that 
is what we spent our money on. And you'd be like, okay, well, you know what? Mm, you know, we could argue about it, but probably money well spent. I mean, you know. It's certainly a great achievement. Uh, a great achievement. One of the greatest human achievements of all time. Are we? Do you think we're going to get any greatest human achievement? I would say $10 trillion to go put a colony on Mars. Okay. Okay, I'd consider it. I mean, it's not my kind yeah, of thing. I don't. And I don't like the government spending. But, I mean, if we're going to spend $10 trillion, put a, a <laughs> base on the moon and let's put a colony on Mars. That, I would go, okay, I'm really against the government doing all of this. But if we're going to spend $10 trillion on that, yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, uh, there's nothing. There's nothing of that. I mean, that's, I think, what the, he's going to try to paint that picture tomorrow night. Um, you know, where we're spending this money to to build up our infrastructure and do these amazing things, and we can work together to do them. Uh, but we've seen this we've seen this movie too many times. Uh, you know, this is not how it works out. And our roads and bridges. Oh, shut uh, up about our roads and crumbling. bridges. Oh my gosh. Oh, these poor gosh. roads and bri- bridges. They should have built them right the first time, apparently. This is the Glenn Beck Program.